0: Jesus says, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never be hungry. Whoever believes in me will never be thirsty. Jesus appeals to a universal truth. Everyone gets hungry. Everyone gets thirsty. It's always been this way, and it always will be, as long as we have breath. We might just as well say that to be hungry is to be human. To be thirsty is to be alive. But our appetites, our human appetites, are not all that simple. We get confused. Studies show that we sometimes crave sugar when really our bodies are thirsty. We may think we're hungry at times when, in reality, our bodies need sleep. We eat when we're stressed, even though a walk in the park might be more beneficial. Loneliness and boredom are often disguised as hunger. It's as if our bodies can be strangely coy. They seem to be telling us that we want this, while in fact they really know that we need that. And then there is the spiritual hunger that Jesus is referring to in this gospel passage. Identifying that hunger doesn't seem to be any easier In fact, naming our hunger, our longing for God and for what only God can give us can be far more complex than naming any of these simple needs in these odd games we play with ourselves. In a 2005 commencement address familiar to some of you, delivered at Kenyon College by the writer David Foster Wallace, he spoke of the relationship between what we most desire, what we most seek, what we worship in his words, and our satisfaction in life. Wallace told the graduates that a compelling reason for choosing God or some spiritual type thing is that pretty much anything else you worship will eat you alive. He said, if you worship money and things, then you will never have enough Never feel you have enough. Worship your body and beauty and sexual allure and you will always feel ugly. Worship power, you will end up feeling weak and afraid and you will need ever more power over others to numb you to your own fear. Worship your intellect, being seen as smart, you will end up feeling stupid A fraud, always on the verge of being found out. Wallace goes on to claim that the insidious thing about these forms of worship is that they are unconscious. They are default settings. Again, hunger is not always easy to recognize, nor is the very thing that will satisfy it. The Gospels, however, constantly proclaim that Jesus is the one that can satisfy our hunger He feeds 5,000 people with five barley loaves and two fish. He says, blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. He breaks bread and says, this is my body, given for you. What are you most hungry for? Can you even name it? The good news is that I don't believe it matters to Jesus as long as as we bring our appetites to the table. A long time ago, during a period when I was sidelined with depression, I was praying with a passage from scripture and I suddenly sensed that Jesus had come off the page and, and was standing before me. I couldn't see him, but I could sense his real presence and. I somehow understood he was asking me what he might do for me, what I needed to get through this most difficult time. I didn't know how to answer his question. Only then did I realize I had no idea what I needed, what I was hungry for. I had no language for the emptiness that was swallowing me whole. The more patient the presence became the more embarrassed i became this was jesus after all and so in a panic i came up with something i thought sounded pretty good something that sounded like what a good person ought to want jesus i want eyes to see you a heart to know you and hands to serve you and with those words the healing presence became a sorrowful one. Seeming to grieve that I had not responded honestly, intimately, vulnerably. My pretentious response left me feeling humiliated before God and I wanted so much to be left alone. I responded with anger To answer truthfully would require looking into a terrifying void at the center of my own life. I would have to name a hunger that was eating me alive. I didn't want to do that. I was frightened. And so I growled at the presence. Unless you grant me the confidence of your love... I will not look. With that, the presence left. At first I thought I had run Jesus off with my anger, but then I realized he had done what he had come to do. He had fed my deepest hunger. He had given me the confidence of God's love. I don't believe Jesus cares What we're hungry for so much is that we allow him to feed us with the bread of life. He fed the crowd with bread and fish because of their empty stomachs. He searches out the emptiness in each of us in order to meet each of us in our deepest need. If you are hungry for a morsel of bread, come to the table. If you are hungry for forgiveness, come to the table. If you are hungry for love, come. Hungry for healing, come. Hungry for courage, strength, hope, come. Jesus wants to be our bread, our sustenance, our daily strength, our source of satisfaction. Jesus is bread, but he wants to fill the hunger of our hearts and not just our stomachs. He wants to fill the gnawing, aching emptiness that we try to fill with lesser things, to satisfy the longing or the boredom that we try to quell using substances of all sorts, to put an end to the grasping, fretting worry that will, in the end, eat us alive. Jesus is daily sustenance. He is bread to be savored, shared, and gathered around. So come to the table where the sip of wine and scrap of bread meet us in our deepest cravings. As the bread is broken and shared, we are made whole. We are received, forgiven, made new, loved, and fully satisfied. As we come week after week, our ordinary appetites are transformed into a holy hunger. God's appetite for healing, justice, and peace become our own. Our appetite for God in turn, becomes bread for a hungry world. Come and get your fill. Amen.